This is Fooster75 from Slidell, Louisiana, and you're listening to Podcaster. This show is sponsored by the FTF Geocacher Magazine, a must-subscribe for all geocachers. This full-color, glossy magazine is released every two months and is chock-full of stories, articles, pictures, instruction, humor, milestones, and more. Sign up today at ftfgeocacher.com. This is the Podcaster Podcast. The podcast all about geocaching. We consistently deliver high-quality, family-friendly shows that are informative, inspirational, and entertaining. Welcome to the show. Sunny and I'm Sandy from sunny San Diego, California. Welcome to Podcaster. This show is packed with geocaching goodness, news, tips and tricks, and tools of the trade. Also, interviews, geocaching events, and stories from around the world. You can find show notes with links mentioned on the show and a lot more geocaching goodies at podcaster.com. So, with that, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, hello and welcome to another Podcaster Podcast. We are glad you're here with us for show 714 for June 1st, 2020. And hopefully, if you can, you got out there and do a little geocaching. If not, hopefully you're sheltering in place, staying safe, and planning for your next geocaching outing sometime in the future. So yesterday was kind of a sad milestone. It would have been the WWFM. The WWFM, the Worldwide Flash Mob, which did not happen this year. No, along with many other things that have been canceled or postponed. And uh, we're still hoping for a a fall date, and we will let you know. But in the meantime, check out the link on our show notes because the really cool uh, path tags are available. Yes, and I wanted to mention that we've already paid, the the money has already been spent, the path tags were purchased before the W. You got to do those things ahead of time. Right. And so we would appreciate it, regardless if it actually comes to pass that we can hold a WWFM, it still would be a memento that we would appreciate if you, <laughs> if it's 20 bucks for a pack of 20. And, and a very unique memento of yes. this crazy year we have. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, if you can, if that's something you can afford, we would appreciate you purchasing uh, a pack of path tags mm-hmm. and that'll help us out. But uh, this weekend was a, it was a good weekend. The weather here in San Diego was pretty good. It was beautiful. And yesterday we went to a local lake that has a paved path around it. And it's been reopened, you know, with social distancing, and um, they've cut down some of the um, parking lot area. Um, but we took our scooters and Sela along with us and headed out. Yeah, and the, the lake was called uh, is called Lake Miramar, and there's uh, parking. And then once you're on the paved part, it it, it kind of rises a little bit, gently falls a little goes bit, up and but down, basically yeah. goes around the perimeter of this. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it's a man-made lake. It's a reservoir with, yeah. a, with a dam. <laughs> And uh, it was a, it was a really nice day. So we took her around, and she has this harness, and because we don't want her pulling hard with a, a typical neck collar, so that's a harness. And here's the thing: she is a ten pound, maybe eleven pound little corgi chihuahua mix, 
And when I'm on a skateboard or a scooter, she will pull. She she pulls like a sled dog. I'm not kidding you. I have <laughs> video of it. She loves to run. She loves to run. Yeah. And she will pull against the, the leash. And I almost have to, you know, make sure I control it uh, because she pulls hard. For, for a little dog, you know, low to the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after a while, she does get tired. So we brought a backpack, the little doggy backpack. It's it's made for a dog, by the way. Right. It's not just a backpack we throw her in. <laughs> that would be kind of... No. And yeah. And so on, on the way back, she gets a ride and, you know, she's gotten so much exercise that she's totally fine. She just sits in the backpack on Sunny's the, back. Enjoys the ride. And um, at, the, at the turnaround point, when we decided to head back... Uh, we stopped for a little while, and uh, I brought up the geocaching app, and there was a cache there. Yes. Um, pretty remote, nobody really around, and it looked like it hadn't been found since January. Mm-hmm. Hadn't been logged then, and then we confirmed in the cache that it hadn't been uh, logged for months. Um, so, but, you know, just to be on the safe side, we sanitized hands before, and then I did after, and it was kind of cool to find a cache. It had been a long time for us. Yeah, it was off the beaten path. So mm-hmm. it was in, in bushes, off the beaten path. And, yeah, you may wonder why do you sanitize before? Because if we're the ones who are sick and Without we don't know, it, there, right. there's so much evidence that people can be asymptomatic for, for days, if not weeks. Right. And uh, not realize they're, car- they're uh, shedding a viral load. So, anyway, you, you sanitize before you touch it. And then when Sandy opened it up, she, she realized that the, the uh, logbook inside there really did confirm that nobody had been there since January. Right. And then uh, logged it. And so, you know, we continue Sanit- to say sanitized, sanitized at the end. Yeah. Right. Just in case somebody had had touched yeah. it. But unli- so, unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, you got to obey the laws where you are and you always want to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly those are ways to be safe, the sanitation and the being away from people and finding caches that haven't been found in a long time. Yeah, we can share some pictures, <laughs> and it was relatively empty. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there we, we did occasionally pass people who were cycling or scootering or running or, or things like that, but it was a wide, wide... So we felt it was safe. We didn't feel like we were in a congested indoor location, which apparently is one of the areas of high transmission. And so we were out there enjoying that sun and, uh, yeah, found, found a cache. It broke our streak. <laughs> it broke our streak, streak of not of finding not a finding. cache. <laughs> And yeah. then Sunny's scooter. Oh yeah, uh, I'm getting choked up here now. <laughs> Broke. Well, the the wheel locked up, right? Yeah. So the front wheel has bear- just it's sort of like a bike uh, headstock, and it locked up, and so I could not turn left or right. I needed some tools that we did not have. I needed some channel locks and a hex wrench, and didn't have any. So basically, we walked back to the car. Yeah. Yep. Long walk back to the car. Yeah. Well, even with all that long walking going on, we have a great show planned for you today. We have a discussion about Adventure Lab and where I goes and how they're similar and how they're different. And we also have some pros and cons for each of them provided by Geocaching HQ. Yep. We also have some Zoom puzzle solving ideas for you guys to do while you're sheltering in place that we did with some friends. A geocaching question about an unconventional log. Lots of prize winners and much, much more. First up, a trip down memory lane in the news. Geocaching and GPS news. All right, first up in geocaching and GPS news, it's time to take a trip down memory lane. The Summer Souvenir Challenge has arrived, and here's what Geocaching HQ has to say. As we continue through the 20th year of geocaching, we invite you to take a trip down memory lane 
to celebrate the community and the milestones that have made geocaching what it is today. We realize not everyone is able to go out caching right now, so we're doing things a little different this year. Memory Lane will start on June 1st and be available all year long until January 3rd, 2021. Wow, okay. Move through the Memory Lane game board by finding different geocache types to collect points and earn up to five new souvenirs. Okay, so these are souvenirs that people can uh, put onto their, that, that they get well, added to their profile. Right, they'll yeah. show up automatically mm-hmm. as you uh, get the points. This was actually supposed to start in April or May. Mm-hmm. They pushed it back, and now they're finally going to start it, but they're going to let it go all the way till January. So, so how do you earn these souvenirs? Well, the souvenir, here what the souvenirs are, and they're, I'm sure the image of the souvenir has to do with this milestone. So first geocache hidden souvenir if you just earn 10 points. Mm-hmm. Then first geocoin, 50 points. First mega event, 100 points. First million geocaches hidden, 150 points. And then the 20 years of geocaching souvenir for 200 points. Oh, so each one of those is probably going to generate a different, like, icon souvenir. Five different souvenirs. Cool. Correct. All right. And then to earn points, you get five points for each cache or Adventure Lab cache. Mm-hmm. Seven points if it's a multi or mystery. Yeah. 10 points if the cache is 10, has 10 or more favorite points. Okay, cool. And then the points do not stack. So the max number you can get for any cache log is 10 points. All right. You don't add, if it's a multi with high favorites, it you, know, you don't add all those together. Okay, okay. So the most you can get is 10. All right. And then, of course, you know, they talk about the COVID-19 situation, how it's changing, and, and they're going to... Um, reevaluate and make adjustments if it's needed they just they want to make this promotion as inclusive as possible okay all right so starting today june 1st you can get out there and start finding those caches and uh, adding up points cool First up in podcaster email, we hear from the cool cow cashers. All right. And they wrote and said, uh, hello, one and all. We are a little behind on our listening, but we just heard our name called out as winners on a map. That's Members Appreciation Premium Perk Show. And that was show number 84 they heard about. We've been listening to the show since shortly after we started geocaching back in 2010. While on a hunt one day, we were reading through some past logs on a cache. And one of the cashers, either uh, Pick Tom or Cache Kiddo, mentioned Hucklebuckle, and posted a link to your show. We love that. You know, mm-hmm. when you post a link that other, or, or I mean, a, a log or some kind of mention to our show, sometimes people find out about us yeah. that way. We've been loyal fans ever since. They There are other geocaching podcasts out there, but Podcaster is by far the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for all your hard work uh, that you put into the show. That comes once again to us from listeners Kevin and Erica, also known as the Cool Cow Cashers. Right. Yeah, and thanks for writing. We, you know, we love to hear all the interesting ways people have found our show through the years, and there's a lot of different ways. Yeah, and we'd love to hear uh, from you. Tell us how you found Podcaster, and we could share your story on a future show.
We recently had a question from a listener who asked about the differences between Adventure Lab caches and Where I Goes. Now, geocaching has grown over the years. What started as a sort of find the container at the exact coordinates has grown to include many variants and evolutionary offshoots. There's puzzle caches, multi-caches, virtual caches, earth caches, locationless caches, and so much more. Well, a couple variants were Where I Go and Adventure Lab caches, and these were developed by Geocaching HQ, and they still provide location-based experiences that players can enjoy, but each with a slightly different twist. Now, if you've never done or experienced a Where I Go or Adventure Lab cache, this might be something you can add to your bucket list of things to give and try this upcoming year. So Where I Go has been around for a long time and has quite a history. And actually, back on show 669, we talked all about Where I Go with Memphis Mafia. And that's a really interesting show to go go back and listen yeah, to. 669. Where I Go caches are GPS-enabled adventures in the real world. They use GPS technology to guide players to physical locations where they can interact with virtual or physical objects. Mm. Where I Go caches could have different designs that overlap with other cache types. Uh, but if a cache uses a Where I Go cartridge, it's considered a Where I Go cache. Okay. Now, to find a Where I Go cache, you need an app for Android or iPhone called Where I Go Player. And this app allows you to play interactive game cartridges in the real world. Explore new locations, solve puzzles, or experience an interactive fictional story in the real world using only a GPS-enabled device. Right. Now, a Where I Go cache incorporates the elements of a Where I Go cartridge with the action of finding an actual physical geocache container. The success of Where I Go cartridges has varied from location to location, depending on both the number of geocachers with Where I Go-enabled GPS devices and the willingness of geocachers to spend time designing and building the required cartridge. The majority of Where I Go cartridges are designed by users. So does it cost anything to get these uh, apps on Android or iPhone? No. Okay, so you, you can start playing right now. Uh -huh. And the only limitation is if there's a where I go cache within your local that area. That someone's created, yeah. yeah. And and if you listen to show 669, you're going to hear more detail about that. But it, it, it does take a little bit of commitment to create one of these where I go caches. Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, while the where I go type of geocache requires additional work to build, as you said, there's, ad there's enhanced features that are available such as time restrictions, audio and visual media, as well as an interactive experience. Nice. And that's what people really like about them. All right. And we'll put links on our show notes if you want to learn more about where I go caches in particular. Yeah. Now, Adventure Lab caches are a more recent innovation. They're found with the new Geocaching Adventure Lab app. Also free. Yeah, also free. Mm -hmm. The Geocaching Adventure Lab app guides players through the process of finding clues, solving puzzles, and completing adventures one location at a time. And if you're a geocaching member, these caches count towards your geocaching statistics and total finds. Mm, all right. Unlike traditional geocaching, adventures do not require a physical container and can be located indoors. Nice. Geocaching Adventure Lab expands the boundaries of traditional geocaching into new spaces and experiences while introducing innovative and fresh ideas that make geocaching even more fun. Mm. Now, they say the Geocaching Adventure Lab app is just getting started, so for now, we're only making the creation tools available to a limited number of experienced geocachers. Mm -hmm. And some of the features are media-rich gameplay experience, and they're talking about videos, uh, photos, or texts, uh, location-based discovery, uh, linear gameplay options, uh, verification or geofencing to make sure that people are at the location they need to be okay. to get the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, and international support. Adventure Lab app supports localization in 29 languages. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. 
So just to kind of sum up, so here's some basic similarities and differences. So where it goes have a physical container at the end, mm -hmm. Adventure Lab caches do not. Okay. Now, there may be a bonus cache. Right. A lot of people like to do that, but that's separate. That's not part you don't have to. of the Adventure Lab. You don't have to find it. Yeah. Um, that's not really considered, you know, part of the Adventure Lab. Mm -hmm. Now, they're both created in a builder, but where I go is more complicated and requires some programming knowledge from what I understand. I'm, we've never actually built one ourselves. Mm -hmm. We've built the Adventure Lab, but yeah. not the where I go. And that was the, the Adventure Lab building was not too bad an experience. It was pretty cool. It was pretty straightforward, yes. Yeah. Yes. Where I go are definitely harder to make, I believe. Okay. Um, and ventures are pretty straightforward. Now, each where I go is a single cache, so it's a single smiley. Mm -hmm. Now, an adventure can have up to five locations, and each one is a smiley. Oh, there you go. So if you find all you know each one you're getting a smiley mm -hmm. where i go has more rich gameplay uh, with characters and virtual objects um, it's a little bit more closer to like a video game yeah um, and adventures uh, they, they can have text photos and video but you're a little bit more limited in like the gameplay yeah type you thing. know we, we've <laughs> done several where i goes because mm -hmm. cartridges have been built and and both of these are available in san diego Yes. So it depends on where, once again, where you are, if somebody has created either of these. But if you happen to be at a place where you can try one or try the other, you know, you, you can kind of experience it for yourself. Yeah, we've done where I goes where um, by walking through and getting to the right coordinates, it triggers a, an, an event, let's call it that. Right. And then it you might give you a set of questions and tells you that you need to get to the next location uh, by a certain time, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of programming into, into it, but it, it can be very interactive. Adventure Labs are are a little bit more simplistic, but have some of the similar features of it where you're sending one person to one area. They might be collecting some information like, I don't know, something that's written on a sign. Mm -hmm. They put it in, they get credit for it. They move on to the next one. Yeah, You can kind of tell a story with an adventure lab, but but you're not really interacting with the app right, right. as much. You know, you get to a place and you can read all about the story Yeah, or someone might choose not to read it at all. Yeah, yeah. Just go to the place, find the clue, move on, yeah. you know. Well, for ours, because we created one and we, we actually created uh, one that had a video Mm -hmm. um, video um, film footage so that when people got to a certain location, you know, we live in, we live in San Diego and love to share about it. So when you get to a certain location, we would talk about that location right. uh, in the adventure lab. So just, just a bonus thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, let's see where I goes are listed on the geocaching website or in the geocaching app, but then you need the, where I go app to run the cartridge so you can find the geocache. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Adventure lab caches are found and logged completely separately via the separate Adventure Lab app, mm -hmm. and then they show up on your stats page uh, under labs, yeah. the old labs that have been around for a long yeah. time. And Adventure Labs really <laughs> started because of mega events. They, they wanted to put things out right. there that was <clears throat> temporary. It wasn't mm -hmm. be there the entire time. But it gave people that went to mega events the opportunity to, oh, I don't know, like I remember doing that uh, beer crawl run in, right. in Seattle. With the it would labs. take you from one mm -hmm. pub pub to another, and then you would, you would get credit for the, the Adventure Lab. But now it's evolved to where it looks like it's becoming more mainstream. They've given a lot of people the opportunity to build the things, and they're seeing how it goes. Right. Yep. So those are some basic ways they're alike and different. We also have some input from Geocaching HQ about pros and cons for each, and we're going to share that later on in the show.
You know, we continue to feature updates from our club members, our Podcaster Club members all around the world. And remember, you too can become a, a Podcaster Club member and gain access to all the premium perks. You'll get a special map show every month and access to all the prior map shows, which is 84 shows now, by the way. That should give you a plenty of geocaching goodness to listen to during this global pandemic. You'll also get a very special club member path tag and other great perks that we can throw at you. Now, next up, we have some audio from club member Team Cycle Path. Let's take a listen. Well, hello to a podcaster. Uh, the podcast uh, and everybody there, Sunny, Sandy, Sean, Sayla, and all your listeners. Um, I am representing Team Cycle Path. We live in Mableton, Georgia, USA. Uh, that is just uh, west of Atlanta, uh, right on the city limits. And uh, John is my husband. My name's Dawn. We've been listening to you since 2008. That's when we began geocaching. Uh, we only have like barely 1,600 finds, so obviously we're not in it for the quantity, just the quality. We love doing it, and uh, when we can. And the uh, you want to know what we're doing during the stay at home? Well, first of all, let me explain our name. It is Team Cycle Path. C-Y-C-L-E-P-A-T-H. And the reason is our backyard is right on the Silver Comet Trail. It's a rail trail. Oh, about 100 miles long now. It's going to be pretty much into the heart of Atlanta soon. And a multi-use paved trail. Uh, We ride a tandem bike. So, thus... Since we live on a cycle path, that's the name, <laughs> Team Cycle Path. Anyway, uh, we act, well, pretty much our yard and house is our own trailhead. We, we love watching the trail users from our every window or deck yard, anyway. But the uh, what we're doing during the stay at home, the quarantine has, uh, the authorities had to just shut down the trail. Uh, too much close contact. So we typically would be on the trail every day, but so that's not, we're not doing that during this. So we get to look at the vacant ghost trail, which normally is just full of bikes, skaters, joggers, walkers, families. So it's kind of, kind of sad, but you know, it's temporary. Now there's just police cars, like lights on, running up and down, you know, trying to run people off so <laughs> anyway that's uh, it's all right It'll, it's important <laughs> um well what we're looking forward to when it's over is obviously getting back on the trail and uh, uh for a living we do uh we do a lot of traveling for the medical industry uh, we do it together and in the south so we look forward to getting back doing that and we usually pick up geocaches along the way in the Carolinas and Florida and uh, in Georgia of course and anyway so it will happen you wondered why uh, geocaching in our area is a good good destination well of course anybody that uh, does the mega events or 
you know Rome, Georgia, which is north of where we live. It's, I mean, it's like uh, 30, 40 miles. Uh, the annual going geocaching event, and it, I looked at the, uh, if you go to their, to the event, uh, I don't have the GC number, it is called the Roaring Twenties this, this fall, it, it's five-day event, September 30th through October 4th, already there's tons of people already signed up, I don't know, maybe a thousand or so. So we're committing to that, and and it will it will happen. It, it sounds like a fun thing. Uh, if you want to go to the uh, search for going caching 2020, and the uh, you know, it's like a, an actual cache uh, event on on the geocaching.com. So I guess that's about it. Thank you for listening to me. It was probably too long. Anyway, greetings from Georgia, USA. Stay safe and keep on cashing. You know, during this time, I know a lot of us are sheltering in place and looking for different things to do while at home and not able to go geocaching, maybe. And one of the things that we found to do is, and Sandy and I are, are both very familiar and proficient, as most of you are, with computers and being able to communicate. And I'm sure a lot of you have been on Zoom and things like that. Well, we were looking to play a game with some of our best friends who we used to play before COVID-19, <laughs> tabletop uh, games. So these are board games, and we, they would come over and have dinner, and then we'd play board games. Well, we've missed them so much and the ability to play games. So we started looking for things to do. And one of the things that we did was play an online um, escape room. And you might have heard that on a previous show. Yeah, that one was kind of a murder mystery, and we had to figure it out. Yep. Now, um, what we also found recently was a, a sort of um, puzzle-solving thing for for two um, computers separate from each other. So that that's perfect. So it was me and Sandy and our friends Brent and Bernice. Mm-hmm. And they're not that far away, actually. They're in, in, a, in a different city. But on their computer, uh, they played this game along with us. And this is a free game. So you mm-hmm. can go check it out. We'll put a link on our show notes so you can go check it out. It's at enchambered.com. And basically what uh, the game is, is called Alone Together. And this is made by people who have real escape rooms, I think, in the Sacramento area. Yeah, I think so. But because those are closed right now, they're they're creating these online things for people to people job. to play. And this one was very different than the murder mystery. This was yeah. was all very interactive, just with us and the screen. Yeah. And our friends and their screen. Yeah. It wasn't you know the, the kinds of puzzles that the other one had. Well, let me see if I can describe this. So there are two screens, and and uh, if you don't cheat, you're not supposed to look at the other right. screen. Because you can easily, it's wide open and free. You can click on. You can look at both, but it yeah. takes the fun away. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so there's, uh, you know, a team one and then team two. If you want to click on both of them, you'll see both of the screens, but you're taken away from the fun. So we were team one. They were team two. And, and the screen that we saw was totally different because we looked at their screen after we finished the whole puzzle. Right. Totally different. But here's what it kind of looked like. On ours, there was a clock. Uh, there was some buttons, mm-hmm. there was a dial, uh, there were 
icons that looked weird. There were uh, symbols that you click a button and it changed. Yeah, you can symbols. you can drag things around, mm-hmm. like you know you can drag playing cards around or you can slide things. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously somebody knew programming and you know they had art design and everything. But this is wide open and free. So here's how it works. On our side, we just did our best, and fortunately, all four of us are pretty good descriptive. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to say what's going on on the other on their side to the other person, and then you just start to piece together. Oh wait, uh, we have a, a jack, a queen, queen, king. Oh hey, we have those cards, and then uh, there's numbers associated with them. And you just basically, I don't want to give anything away. You right. basically go back and forth because basically everything we knew we need to make things happen on our screen, mm-hmm. it, they have right, and vice versa. Yeah, and then as they give us info and we do something, then a new little window pops up. Right. Right. And then that usually has information for them to put in. Yeah. And then something happens on their side. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Like, for instance, at one point it says, look above this object. Uh-huh. And then that's that's a, that's on their side as a message to us. So on our side, we started looking above the object and we just started to describe it. It's not totally obvious. At first they're like, so what? Uh-huh. And then they would do something. And the thrill is when either side kind of goes, oh, something just popped up because right. you did like you did a combination. You, you unlocked something. Or did something in the right order. It, it, it's, it's quite rewarding. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll, I, I don't, they, they said give yourself 45 minutes. I think we did it faster than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because we're so good. <laughs> so, yeah, see uh, see what your time is. But, again, you're going to need people who can describe things really well. A lot of experimentation. Don't get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of buttons and things like that. So we'll send you a link to this free one. Again, it's called Alone Together. And it takes, uh, yeah, about 45 minutes to two separate computers. So there's another one that's bigger and better, and it costs a minimum of $5 to play. But they say pay what you think it's worth uh, because they say it's going to, you know, it's going to be bigger, better, uh, more more things and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they said it'll take you longer because there's more involved. And we actually, we were going to do it last night and it didn't work out, but we plan to do it with them yeah. Um, on another day because we really enjoyed the first one and we think we think this next one will be fun too. Yeah, it'll be fun. And again, something for you. And it might give you some ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, some of those things on there could certainly be changed into some clues or other things for a geocacher if you wanted to put a geocache out there. But if nothing else, if you got friends out there that love to solve puzzles and kind of figure it out and let us know what your experience was. We, we eventually escaped the room figured out the puzzle and it's one of those things that it's designed to make you feel good because it makes you feel smart <laughs> like oh I was clever and if you guys know of any other ones oh, yeah. like this we would love to try more be sure to let us know things to do while we are sheltering in place um after having the experiences of doing those mystery solves and the puzzles that we just described i thought you know is there a way to build an interactive online puzzle and we spoke about this on a previous show but you know one thing that we didn't do was give out the instructions on how to do it once again all you need is a free 
Google account. You'll need Google Docs and Google Forms. Now, we've already shared this information with all the Podcaster Club members on their show. So they got this information first, but we're going to share it with you today. And basically, these are instructions on how to create an online interactive puzzle. There's a text version. I also recorded a video tutorial that kind of explains the text version and gives you examples. And also, you, you get an example of a really, really simple, easy-to-solve online puzzle just so you can get the experience and see what that's about. So head on over to the show notes for this particular show. You'll get all the instructions, a video tutorial, and an example of an online puzzle for you to solve. And let us know if you have uh, built an online puzzle of your own. Share it with us. We'd love to solve it and maybe share it here on the Podcaster Podcast. remind you about one of the easiest ways you can support Podcaster and our efforts to bring you the best and most current geocaching goodness, and that is by using one of our Amazon affiliate links. If you enjoy the geocaching goodness that we bring you each week, it's a very simple way to help out. If you're going to shop at Amazon anyway, just use our affiliate link and we'll earn a small commission. There's no additional cost to you, not a penny more. And you make your purchase through the security of Amazon just as you normally would. Help support this show by using our affiliate link for Amazon purchases and tell your friends as well. The simple step can really make a difference to help us keep on podcasting. Our main Amazon affiliate link is at podcaster.com slash Amazon. If you're not in the U.S., you can use podcaster.com slash Amazon UK, Amazon DE, Amazon CA, and Amazon AU. Thanks so much for helping out Podcaster while you shop. All right, let's get back to the discussion of Adventure Labs and where it goes. Now, here is a compilation of pros and cons that were put together by Geocaching HQ. All right, so starting with Adventure Lab, here are some of the pros. HQ has a team dedicated to continued development of the Adventure Lab app. Mm, Okay. HQ provides ongoing app support. Mm. Adventure Labs are more accessible and much easier to create than where I go cartridges, requiring no programming experience. Mm. I mentioned that. Creators can easily embed videos, images, and text. The Adventure Lab app supports localization in 29 languages, and it supports tour guide functionality better than where I go. Okay, so those are the pros of Adventure Lab. Lab. Are there any cons? They only listed one con. Mm -hmm. You cannot currently play it in areas with no cell coverage. Okay, all right. So So that that, that is a con. That is a hindrance. Okay. What about where I goes? So for where I go, they listed these pros. Uh, Cartridge can be downloaded and played offline. Oh, there you go. Allows for non-player characters and virtual items. Mm -hmm. Has a wide variety of triggers, which allows for rich gameplay experiences. That's true. It's available on both smartphones and select older GPS devices. Certain ones actually have where I go ability built in. Built in. Nice. Cartridges can be reused in multiple caches, although they say that may also be a con. Yeah. yeah. And then there's potential for effective storytelling. Yeah. In, okay. a, in a where I go. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the cons, it's complex to create an experience. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of Lua, L-U-A, is required to program where I go cartridges. Okay. HQ does not provide technical support for where I go. And HQ has no plans to further develop where I go. 
Uh, it was not written for today's devices, and therefore it would need to be rebuilt from the ground up. Hmm. Cartridges must be downloaded to phone or GPS device. New GPS devices do not support where I go. Where I go, phone apps can be clunky. They are not developed or supported by HQ. Uh, other people have come in to, to credit, create uh, both building and playing where I go apps. Okay, okay. And there's no language localization. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see, and there is no promise at all from the beginning of anything. You know, like when Google builds something, right? Mm -hmm. it, there's no promise that it's going to stay around forever. Right. And uh, I remember there's certain uh, Google apps that we used to use, yeah. and, and actually to build this show, right. that just went away. I mean, they give you the warning, like right. it's going to, but like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then, you know, we've had to accommodate and figure out workarounds. Right. But just like mm -hmm. where I go, I mean, I'm sure when that first was being developed, the, you know, they had teams of people, it was highly supported, and, you know, it was growing and growing. But for whatever reason, the things that we don't know about, it just didn't work out. And so now it's it's what it is. But it does have some rich experience if you're willing to go through it. That's right. And if you happen to live near someone who, who knows how to do them, right. and enjoys doing it, then you can benefit from, you know, from being able to go find those where I go caches. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, there's a little bit of a primer for you. If mm -hmm. you're interested in Where I Goes or Adventure Labs and uh, either creating them or experiencing them for yourself, once again, head on over to the show notes for this particular show. We'll put all the links that we discussed here so you can go check them out for yourself. Podcaster, listener feedback. Here at Podcaster, we love it when listeners send in questions, and sometimes we can give, uh, you know, our answer or our opinion, or we can throw it out to you guys and, and get more information about what you guys think about sometimes it. Sometimes we have no idea. <laughs> None <True>. at all. <laughs> so the next question came to us from Golfer89. He wrote and said, Dear SSSNS, I hope you're staying safe during the pandemic. We will, uh, we all will need you and your sage advice and information when we get back to normal. I have a question about taking credit for finding a cache. I have a cache that uses an unconventional log. It's a tape measure and is listed in the description. I have cachers who find the cache itself an ammo can, claim a smiley, and send me a note that the log is missing, mm -hmm. even though they tell me that they find, among other items in the cache, a tape measure. It, uh, it is just that they don't recognize the tape measure for what it's worth. My question is that if you don't sign the log, except for reasons beyond your control, like soggy log or full log, should the cashier take credit for a smiley? Hmm. I personally believe no. I even have similar feelings about not signing a log because the cashier, quote, forgot a pen, but perhaps not as much so. As a cash owner, I'm tempted to delete, to delete such logs. What does the conventional wisdom dictate? Mm -hmm. Keep up the fine work. Again, that's Robert Golfer 89. Yeah. You know, here's my opinion on this. I mean, I think this is one of those gray areas that as a cash owner, you're going to have to decide. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on your disposition <laughs> and, you know, what you think is fair for caching. Um, on this particular one, though, I do have a suggestion because it may not be completely... Uh, um, obvious that they have to sign the log and that it is in the cache and that it is something disguised, maybe something like the, the, the tape, right? Although he says it's listed in the description. Well, like I know. It's not supposed to be tricky or sneaky. But, but, right? but I, I had, and I haven't read it, so maybe uh, I, I'm not sure here, but do but they? people don't read descriptions very well. Well, that, <laughs> that is probably the biggest thing. Cause I was going to say, say you, you must sign the log to get credit for this cache, which you're supposed to do. That right? should go without saying. But right. maybe what they're doing is they're opening it up and saying somebody stole the log. Right. And then, you know, how cashers are like, oh, let's move on to the next one. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I can go either way with this, but by putting that thing in there, it says you must sign the log. It's in there. Look carefully, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I should go take a look at his description before <laughs> I make all these comments, but I wonder if some, somebody goes, Oh, tape measure. I need one of these. <laughs> well, right. That would be terrible if right? they take it as swag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the risk you take if you use an unconventional, because people know, geocachers know what they're looking for. They're looking for a, a baggie with a little blog. Especially in an ammo can. can like a especially in an ammo can. Either you that, know, or I've seen the ones where the, the log is like taped to the, it, it's it's just a sheet of paper, right? Oh, it's, like it's inside, taped to the lid or something. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say we we probably tend to to go on the side of yeah, you really need to sign the log. Yeah. You know, not just see a cache. You know, like not not even there oh, it is. Open it. Oh, there it is. Sign yeah, it. You uh, know. Yeah. Um. You know, or it, it's too high up in the tree or whatever. And and but but if unless you open it and sign it, then mm-hmm. it doesn't really count as a find. You know, I think right. we would be more on that side i think so but i I think as cash owners we've never gone back and like deleted a a log that we didn't think was right you yeah. know because to 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 me it's just not worth that hassle to try to um oh, keep keep up with the keep track and of go, it go check the next one yeah right although you know i don't know if i was someone who had like spent a lot of time and money and energy and making a really cool cash yeah, and then yeah. people were claiming it you know incorrectly right. maybe then I, I would feel a little bit different like yeah. no you don't deserve a find yeah 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 i remember we've done caches where uh, and here's here's an example do you remember that one geocache we found and it, it's a very large container you open it and there's Maybe hundreds of film cans in there. Yes, and you have to find the right one. Yeah, because you can't sign because the logs in only one of them. Right. I mean, r- really, you open up the large container and it was big, and it maybe the size of one of those Home Depot uh, five-gallon buckets. Right. It was big, and then inside there was literally almost filled with with uh, film cans, and you're like, oh my gosh. You know that would be one where some cashers probably would say, eh, found it good enough. And never actually sign the log. Well, here's a problem. Unless the, the cash owner has some special trick, how would they find out if they signed the log? They'd have to find the right film canister, too. Right. They would. And then they'd have to go check it. Yeah. 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 Unless they, unless they, like I said, had some trick. Maybe it has a blue lid on it or something. I don't know. Anyway. But this is an interesting question. It is. I, yeah. We'd love to hear your guys' opinion on it. Yeah. Let us know. We, th- this is a community, after all. And just think about it sitting around a round table, just having a friendly discussion. And, and somebody says, hey, I got this thing. You know, what do you guys think about this? And let's let's hear it. Because, you know, hearing perspectives from uh, other, other places always, always helps out the community, I think. All right. Great question there. Thanks a lot for that. Podcaster. Games and Contest. Here at Podcaster, we love to play games and contests that gives you opportunities to win groovalicious swag. And it is time to give away the awesome swag from Going Caching 2019, mm-hmm. generously donated by Jim and Andy, the Waysiders. These are nice swag. The head creative organizers of the Going Caching annual event. And Sonny has the polyhedral dice, even though he doesn't need it this time, honey. Oh, I have it in my hand, though. <laughs> we used Rafflecopter. Oh, and they right. choose the winners. I was so ready to roll. <laughs> He's ready, guys, All man. Right. <laughs> he has the dice. 213 anyway. So okay. there you go. So we have 11 prizes, and you can see them on the the event the, uh, contest page. Mm-hmm. Two event geocoins, two packs of event path tags, two event trackables, one t-shirt, and then four sets. And each set has a bandana, a bead necklace, and an event sticker. Nice. 
Because we use Rafflecopter, it randomly chooses 11 winners. Mm -hmm. And we're going to announce that here, and then we'll put it on the contest page, too. If you hear your name, send us an email right away with your top three choices of prizes. It's going to be first come, first served. Okay. So, so in the order of uh, emails coming in. Right, okay. exactly. And as the prizes are chosen, I'll try to update the contest page so you can see which prizes have already been uh, selected. That's an, in, uh, that's an incentive, by the way, to listen to yes. Podcaster as soon as the show comes out. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're a winner, you'll want to let us know. Yeah. So here are the winners. Orange and Blue, Tim Tennant, Ananda Walker, Stephen Whittem, Mark B, B-E, Merlin 1392, Hallie Cat, Anne S from Poland, whose last name I can't pronounce, I'm so sorry, Eric in Virginia, Cashy Girl, and B-A Wags 75. All right, get on your email right now and write us, and uh, first come, first serve again. You can let us know what those are. If you want to see those uh, those 11 prizes, head on over to the show notes for this particular show, and you can figure out which ones you want. Next up, we're kicking off a giveaway for a copy of the book, The Caravan Chronicles by Matt Clem. To enter, just send us an email at podcaster at gmail.com with the subject Caravan Chronicles. Now, in the email, tell us one place you would travel to for geocaching if the travel restrictions were lifted mm. and what amazing cache you would find there. Yeah. By the way, The Caravan Chron Chronicles is a book that we talked about written by Mark Clem on a previous show about mm -hmm. his uh, travels around all the, the, the entire uh, lower 48 mm -hmm. of the United States, his adventures and all that stuff. So if you want to copy this book, now you have a chance to win one. And the deadline to enter will be Friday, June 19th. Good luck. Geocaching Milestones. Here at Podcaster, we love to celebrate milestones and achievements of geocachers from all around the world. And you know, you can email us your milestones or record your audio on your smartphone and send us the file. You can also call in at 760-300-3633 or record it on SpeakPipe, which is really easy to use at podcaster.com slash speak. Yep. We love to share your milestones here. All right. Here's the first one up. Hello. And this one comes up to us from Holly, also known as Acorn Mama. Writes us and says, uh, he, Acorn Mama here from Southwest Ohio, at least, uh, at last I've hit my first big milestone of 100 caches. It took much longer than I had hoped, thanks to a January birthday trip being canceled due to weather and two other weekend trips canceled due to COVID-19. Better late than never. And what made it even more fun was that my 100th cache was also completed, my first challenge of finding seven of the 10 oldest caches in the county. My original goal for this year was to go from the uh, 40 finds I had on January 1 to 400 by December 31st. That may no longer be realistic in these times, but I'm going to see how close I can get. Once again, that came to us from listener Holly, also known as Acorn Mama. And then we heard from Michael, W-O-N-X-M. Hey, guys, I just wanted to report my la latest milestone. I was out on Friday with my son, Baldur the Cacher. We were working on a new jackalope geo art in central Iowa, and I got my 1,000th find. Afterwards, we celebrated at the VFW in town. I bought him an ice-cold root beer while I toasted a beer. Thanks again for all the great work on the show, and that's Michael, W-O-N-X-M. All right. Hey, guys, those are all great milestones, certainly worth uh, celebrating, and let's go ahead and call in the Podcasher studio audience, and let's celebrate with them.
that theme song means we are done with the geocaching goodness, at least for today's show. And it's now time for a quick Sean update. Sean is done with sixth grade. <laughs> that was a big milestone this last week. Yeah. And for those of you who may not know, Sean was, well, before COVID-19, Sean was partially homeschooled mm-hmm. by Sandy. So she was doing it three days a week. He was going into a, a traditional classroom two days a week. So it was a hybrid of the two. Well, since COVID-19, uh, he's gone into full-time homeschooling and right. Sandy's become a full-time homeschool teacher, which I have to say, we're better prepared yes. than a lot of other schools Families, that yeah. weren't, have never had any online component to them. However, I got to say, it was also challenging because the the um, the subject matter that Sandy was covering was now a broader spectrum than what she was uh, covering prior. So, right. yeah, but he's done. <laughs> he's done, and both of us are very thankful. He um, Math is one of his least favorite subjects, yeah. although he normally does well. Yeah. And on his, he got 90% right on his end-of-year math test, so that was a Woo-hoo. wonderful way to uh, end the, the year in a positive way. you got to understand, <clears throat> Sandy was a math major. Yes, and so I that, love math. <laughs> that's, that's her background. That's not my background, I'll tell yeah. you that. I mean, my background's in technology and, and other subjects, but so Sandy... Uh, has a love for it and is trying to convey it to Sean. And uh, yeah, 90%. Got to be proud of that. Yep. And then he did this uh, Google slide presentation um, on his life. It was like a writing assignment, and then he had to turn it into a Google slide. And um, he did a great job. He did. He, he used some features in Google Slides that I don't even know how to do. <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. And it, it kind of went along the ways of when I used to teach technology to students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, you start them off with things that are simple. And I used to have projects for them to, to build their first PowerPoint, right? Uh-huh. And I knew, 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 knew. I mean, the first couple times it happened, I'm like, oh, my gosh. They're going to use every font, every color, <laughs> every animation, every slide transition that you can find. Yep. Every single one. And it that has not changed. <laughs> now no. that I'm a parent and I see my my 12-year-old go through that, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what you do. And then but he loves it. He does. He did a great job. He yeah. did a great job. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Hey, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Podcast. We know you've got a lot of entertainment opportunities and do appreciate you being part of the community. You add to it by both listening and contributing to the show, and we certainly appreciate that. All right, guys, stay safe so that someday when we get through all of this, all of us can keep on cashing. Bye. Well, that's it for the show today. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to visit our website at podcaster.com. You'll find our show notes, useful links, and tons of resources. We always love to hear from you. Our email is podcaster at gmail.com. You can also call the Podcaster hotline at 760-300-3633. Find out all the ways you can contact us at podcaster.com slash contact. Till next time, stay safe and keep on cashing. So, I intro this and was supposed to send it to you, right? You didn't, though. I didn't. You just <laughs> kept on going, and I'm like, <laughs> run with it, baby. It wasn't until yeah. I was almost done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just, I was just like, okay, she's got it, she's enjoying it. Let her, let her just savor that. I just got to tell you, though, I finished it, yeah. and then you jumped in, yeah. you know, starting off the, the opinion piece or whatever. Right. And it was kind of like, oh. wait a minute. Yeah. No. <laughs> After the first sentence, I'm like, she's not stopping. Well, I'm not going to stop her. She's on a roll.
Let her go. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> If it had struck me in the middle, I might have, like, goofed up and just stopped and, like, yeah. tried to whatever. Yeah, you were focused. <laughs> I was focused. 